So um, I want to start um, talking to you, and I want to start tonight with some bad news. I have got some bad news to share with you tonight, um, and now you're all listening. But seriously, I have got some bad news. The bad news is this. You are not normal. You are not a normal person. There is nobody in the room tonight who is normal. All of us cannot be normal. You're not normal. See, we all strive to be normal, don't we? We all strive to fit in. But sadly, all of us are a little bit weird. All of us cannot be normal. I don't think normal exists if we're using people as a measurement. You might think I'm normal. You might think I'm not normal. Um, I am definitely not normal. There are things that I am partial to that are not normal. And I'm going to confess some things to you tonight um, that I'm sure you will bring up again and again. Um, one of the things I am partial to and known to wear occasionally is women's deodorants. Okay. And there is a reason for it, is that often my deodorant runs out without me thinking ahead to go and buy my own new deodorant. So often I will use Laura's deodorant. Boys, let me tell you, Women's deodorant is better than men's. I find that women's deodorant keeps me drier under the armpits than men's does. Occasionally, I spent most of December using women's deodorant, not men's. I'm currently wearing men's deodorant. Um, Laura definitely knew that. Um, women's deodorant, it, smell, it smells a little bit nicer as well. Um, but you do, if you go like that, you either smell of B.O. or girl. Um, Sam, do you wear women's deodorant? Sam Jackson wears women's deodorant. You see, nobody is normal. Totally proves my point. Thank you, Sam. I'll tell you what else I'm partial to. Hot baths and candles. Like, I, I love a good hot bath. Like, give me a wave if you're into hot baths. Hot baths, get the imperial leather out. Like, candles. Do you know, people buy Laura candles. And like on Christmas Day, I'm, Laura's opening a present and someone's bought her a candle. And I'm eyeing that candle up like, I am having that candle. That candle is mine. I love it. Obsessed with Yankee candles. Like whenever I've got a night off, I'm like, I go around, I light all the candles. I love the fragrant ones. Like I am not a normal person. The other thing um, that I'm a little partial to is something called Bovril. Has anyone ever heard of Bovril? Right, Bovril. Bovril is beef extract. It sounds disgusting. It's basically a beefy cup of tea, right? And I love it. I shouldn't. It sounds disgusting. But when I have it, when we go for a walk up Clinton, I get a cup of Bovril. Oh, my goodness. It's Saturday mornings are worthwhile. Like, I absolutely love Bovril. I'm a huge fan of musicals. I love the sound of music. I love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, there's some musical fans in the house. Um, I'm also a little bit geeky about space. When I say a little bit, a lot. I would love, if somebody offered me to, to be an astronaut, I would quit this job and move to the moon. Like, I would love to be an astronaut. I'm proper geeky about space. I love watching um, Stargazing Live. Anyone else watch Stargazing Live? <laughs> Two people put their hand up. But this is what space geeks do, because space is a vacuum, there's no noise. So we just went. Anyway, told you, geek, not normal. None of us 
are normal. We spend our entire lives wanting to be normal, wanting to fit in, wanting to be like everybody else, yet none of us in the room are normal. We all have our quirks. We all have those things about us that aren't normal. All of us are really different. But you see, if, if none of us are normal, then it can feel like sometimes our lives are really normal. Our lives can feel really normal and boring. And we think, actually, I'm just a normal person. I'm just a normal kid who goes to school. I'm just a normal person who goes, goes to my lessons and gets on with life. There's nothing special about me. And we can compare ourselves to people in films and TV shows and YouTubers. And they're, they're living these extraordinary lives and abnormal lives. And we think, I am just a normal kid going to school. And, you know, I want to say to you uh, tonight, I've got two main points. My first point is this, be normal. I know it contradicts what I've just been saying, but I want you to embrace the normalness of life. Check this out. Um, I'm going to read it to you. It's not going to come up on the screen. This is a really deep passage. It's in Matthew 1 and it's verse 13. It is profound. Get ready for some profoundness. I'm not sure that's a word. Um, it says this, Zerubbabel, everyone say Zerubbabel, was father of Abihud. Everyone say Abihud. Abihud was the father of Elakim, and Elakim was the father of Azor. That's the verse. It's deep, isn't it? Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud. Abihud, the father of Elakim, and Elakim, the father of Azor. Really deep and profound, isn't it? Not. It's a really normal passage. It's really normal. Where, well, there's no normal names in there, really, is there, um, to us. But, you see, what I, what I want you to look at is the guy, Abbey Hood. Has anybody ever heard of Abbey Hood in the Bible? If you have, you're lying, because until I researched this talk, I hadn't heard of him. Um, and that's because this bit of the Bible is the only bit of the Bible that Abbey Hood appears in. And all we learn is that he had a father and that he was a father, that's all we know about Abbey Hood. But you see, this passage in Matthew 1 is what's called the genealogy of Jesus. And basically, he is a direct... Uh, uh, what's the word? Not descendant, because that comes... Ancestor, thank you. Um, he is a direct ancestor to Jesus. You see, from this guy, who is pretty normal from what we can gather, you know, he, had, he led a normal life from what we can gather from that passage. There was nothing extraordinary. He wasn't like Gideon, who killed an army with just 300 people. He wasn't Elijah. He wasn't Moses. He wasn't this incredible biblical character. He was just a normal guy, and yet he ended up being an ancestor to Jesus in the direct line to Jesus from his kids, 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 kids came the son of God. You see, God can use normal people like you and like me and our normal lives to do something abnormal and extraordinary. And I want you to know that being normal and not feeling any extra special is okay. Feeling like your life is pretty normal. I want you to embrace that. Because it's through the normality and the mundane that God can do something incredible. You know, it says this in Colossians 3, and I'm going to move so you can see it on the screen. In fact, I'm going to read it from the screen. Um, can you see it? Can you read that? 
great. Got better eyes than the old people. Um, so it says this. It's from the message version. It says, servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters. And don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The sullen servant. Now, the sullen servant means, you know, like when you've ever been asked to like do the dishes or tidy your room and you've been like, mm, and then you've done it, but you've done it like really moody and you've been like, I'm do the stinking dishes and you do them badly deliberately so that you don't get asked to do it again. I used to do that anyway. That's what that kind of means, the sullen servant, the, mo the moody one who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. You see, God wants us to embrace our normal lives. He wants us to embrace it and live it and do it the best that we can. That means when you do your homework, don't do it with a face on you. Do it and do it your best that you can. Give it your best shot. Do it. And not as though you were doing it for your maths teacher, but do it as though you're doing it for God. Give everything to your normal life. When you get the bus and you buy a bus ticket, do it the best you can. Like when you're cleaning your room, do it the best you can. Embrace your normalness and give everything to God. Do everything as though you are doing it for God. You see, I cannot encourage you enough to embrace the normalness of your life. You know, very few of us here in the room are going to go on to be prime ministers or pop stars. Some of us may well go on to do that, but most of us in the room will go on to live normal lives. But, you know, if you can live your normal life doing your best, serving the ultimate master, which is Jesus, being a follower of Jesus and doing good work, you will be following the call of God. And you will be living in a way that God wants you to live. Guys, be normal. My second point is this. Don't be normal forever. And I know I'm fully contradicting myself deliberately across all these things. Um, but, it's, but, you know, we, want, we feel frustrated with our normal lives because we want adventure. Like I say, we watch YouTube and we watch Netflix and we watch films and we see these people having adventures and we think, I want an adventure. I want to be part of an amazing story. I want to have a story to tell people and go, oh, that time when I went to Africa and did amazing things. <laughs> like when I went on this adventure, when I did these incredible stories. And, you know, most stories, most films, most TV shows have a, a similar plot line and they all follow this if you can stick it on the screen for me at um, the next slide so there is a normal that is happening okay we we're introduced to the story and we we've learned what is normal life then there is a major event that occurs that disturbs what is normal life and then there's a solution and then it leads to a new normal almost every film that you watch will have this kind of structure to it, normal life, major event, the solution to that event, and then a new normal occurs. It is best illustrated in a popular 90s TV program that I grew up watching, that I base myself and my character on the main character of this TV show. 
This, if you turn to your eyes to the, to the screens up there, is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you know the words, sing along. If you have never watched the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, go home, watch it. It is on Netflix. Don't go now. We've still got the rest of the threads to do. Um, but I encourage you, I, in my opinion, it is better than Friends. That's how highly I rate the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's massive. I love the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You see, the normal in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground was where I spent most of my days, chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all, shooting some b-ball outside of school. Normal. That was Fresh Prince, Will Smith's normal life. And then there was a major event when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighbourhood. I got one little fight and my mum got scared and said... See, the major event was he had a fight. He had a fight. He got in one little fight and his mum got scared. And then there is the solution. A whistle for a cab and when it came near, the licence plate said... And had a dice and a mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought... See, the solution was he moved to Bel-Air. And when he moves to Bel-Air, we find him discover a new normal. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cabbie. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on my throne as... See, the new normal was that he moved to Bel-Air and he found a new normal and lived as the Prince of Bel-Air. You see, every story, almost every story follows this pattern. And you know, I want to say to you that our lives can follow that problem. I think that we need to establish a new normal. You know, if you genuinely encounter the living God, if you have an encounter with Jesus, then that is a major event that should result in a new normal coming into your life. You see, you can't afford to go back to the old normal. You can't afford to stay the same when you genuinely encounter Jesus. You know, as we were worshipping before, I, I got a sense that some of you are desperate for a new normal. Maybe you don't even know Jesus yet. Maybe you've only just started coming to church and you're sat there and you're going, do you know what? I'm fed up of being in the same cycle. I'm fed up of being in the same rut, facing the same issues that I've faced for years. I am desperate for a new normal. I believe that God can give you that tonight. I believe that an encounter with the living God can bring about a new normal. You see, any major event in your life should bring out a new pattern of behavior. When I got married, I had to find a new normal. Normal for me um, was living as a single bloke, but I got married. And for me to carry on living as a single bloke, even though I was married, would have got me into an awful lot of trouble. Hands up if you've ever moved house. Moving house requires you finding a whole new normal, doesn't it? If you, you know, if you start, like the kitchen might be in a different place in your new house. Like, do you know what I mean? You don't want to be going into the bathroom to, to make your frosties. Like, that's just going to be messy um, and disgusting. Like, you have to find a new normal way of living your life. You know, if you've ever gone to a new school or moved to college, you find a new normal. Suddenly, when you go to college, you realize that you don't have to be in school from half past eight until half past three. That sometimes you get free periods or even days off in the week and you're like, oh, like finding a new normal. I genuinely, when I was in sixth form, 
I used to have Thursday afternoons off as free periods. I used to go home and watch Loose Women. <laughs> Genuinely what I did. That was a new normal for me. And I am so grateful for the Lord that I stopped going to sixth form and I found a new, new normal and stopped watching Loose Women. Back in the day, Loose Women was good. You know, if you have had an encounter with God, it has to change things. Now, there's, there's a Bible story that if, if any of you grew up in church, you will definitely know this story. If you didn't grow up in church, I imagine you might have heard of this story. It's the story of Noah and the ark. And the story of Noah and the ark is that God says he's going to flood the world, but he says to Noah, I want you to build a boat. Noah builds a boat, God floods the world, and it's almost like he's resetting creation. And the animals go in, two by two, thank you for paying attention. And, and Noah and his family rescue all of these animals and start a new world. When the floodwaters go down and um, God, God gives a rainbow and says, I'll never flood the entire earth again. And uh, the animals leave the boat and, the, and Noah and his family are there ready to start a new world. What an incredible, major, life-changing event. And imagine being Noah and his family, having been used to an old world before the boat, before the ark, before the animals, before the flood, and suddenly this major event wipes out what they knew of the old world, and they rest on this mountain. They come down the mountain to live a new life, and they try and live a new normal. I want to tell you something that is often, almost all the time, left out of this story. Because Noah struggles to find a new normal. Noah struggles to find a, a, a way to live life in the new world. You know, it says this in Genesis 9. One day, Noah drank some wine that he had made, and he became drunk and lay naked inside his tent. They didn't tell you that in Sunday school, did you? Noah got naked and got drunk. Like he got on the wine and he got naked. Like, that is what Noah did in the new world. See, Noah had this incredible major event happen, and he struggled to find a new normal. It says that his son had to come in and sort him out and be like, Dad, you're a bit bevied, and cover him up and, like, sort him out. Like, like Noah couldn't establish a new normal. And, you know, we're, we're laughing about it, but I totally get Noah. I totally understand it. Because I know time after time, I would go to youth events as a teenager. I would go to conferences. I would go to things like Spring Harvest and New Wine and Soul Survivor. And I would be there and I'd be like, God, you're incredible. God, I'm going to do this. And God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop swearing. I'm going to stop living my life in a way that I shouldn't. God, I'm going to love you forever. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell all my mates about you, God. I'm going to stand on the classroom tables and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare your word in front of everybody. Even if the headmaster tells me off, I'm going to kick him in the face and tell him that Jesus loves him. God, I am going to do whatever it takes to follow you. And I would get back to school. And after two or three days, I hadn't established a new normal that I committed to. And I would go back to the old normal. And I would be getting detentions. And I would be kicking off, getting into fights, swearing at teachers. See, I really struggled as a teenager to establish a new normal. But when we encounter God, we have to find a way to establish that new normal. It says this in Proverbs 26, verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. 
Dogs are disgusting. They're brilliant, but they are minging. When a dog vomits, it goes, it walks around in a circle, comes back and goes, ooh, this is, looks like some nice food, and start eating it. Like, dogs are minging. And then the dog will come up to you and go, oh, I had some food, and start licking your face, and you're like, get away from me, you disgusting beast. But you see, a dog returns to its vomit, and so fools repeat their folly. You see, like a dog returns to the thing that made them sick, we constantly find ourselves returning to the thing that makes us sick, returning to the thing that make, gives us shame, returning to the thing that, we, that frustrates us, that embarrasses us, that we think, man, if I could just break that cycle, I could move forward in my relationship with God. See, sometimes we can be so, so foolish. But you know what? There is good news. I want to give you some good news tonight. I started with bad news. Here is the good news. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. See, if you are in Christ, if you have made a decision to follow Jesus, you are a new creation. You can embrace a new normal. There is a new normal available. For those of you that were here this morning when Leon was talking about the prodigal son story and how the son returned home and tried to re-earn his status as a son. And the father was saying, no, you are a son. You've never lost your status as a son. You know, we don't earn the new creation. We don't lose the new creation. It is there for us. We just have to step into it and live it. We have to embrace and step into it. Deciding to leave the old normal behind. Making decisions to go, do you know what? That is the old me. That is the old normal. I'm going to step into a new normal. Commit to a new way of doing things. You know, I've been so encouraged hearing stories from you guys of decisions that you've made to leave the old normal behind and step into the new normal. Hearing stories of some of you who've, who've changed schools in order to say, do you know what, I'm now a new person, and the people at my old school could not see that, so I've moved to a new school in order to establish a new normal of following Jesus. Some of you have, have left parties early because alcohol's come out, or people have drunk too much, and you thought, do you know what, this is not me. That is the old normal. I'm going to step into a new normal and live in a way that Jesus wants me to live. Others of you have changed your circles of friends. You've, you've heard that the friends determine the quality and the direction of your life. And you've looked at it and you thought, those people are not going in the direction that I need my life to go in. So you have changed your circles of friends and said, that is the old normal. I'm stepping into a new normal. Guys, you can do it. I've seen you do it. And you can step into a new normal. And the beauty of God is you don't stay in a new normal for long. You, you know, you hit a new normal and the new normal becomes the old normal and God calls you to step up again and step up again because God is into making things new and God calls us to step into a new normal. Band, if you could make your way back to stage, that would be amazing. Do you know, if you're, if you're not a Christian um, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, um, Tonight, I want to give you an opportunity to follow Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to, to embrace a new normal, to let the old be gone and the new be here. 
I'm going to give you that opportunity in a little bit. But, you know, embracing a new normal for all of us involves a choice. It involves stepping out of the old normal, stepping away from the old way of things and stepping into a new routine. You know, it might be that you find yourself trapped in habits, addictions, behaviors of pattern that you look at yourself and you think, why on earth did I do that again? God's calling you to a new normal. It might be that you feel like you just need a fresh start. That you're like, you know what? I have made some decisions. I've perhaps made decisions to step away from God. I've made decisions to move away and I've, I've not been following God for a little while. I need a fresh start. You can step into a new normal tonight. In a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to um, sing the band. They're going to sing um, the song, no, We Are No Longer a Slave to Fear. I am a child of God. We sang it this morning at the end of the service. and We're going to sing it again tonight because that song just so clearly illustrates I am no longer a slave to fear. That is the old normal. I am a child of God is the new normal. And we want some of you to understand tonight, all of you to understand that you are a child of God and that God calls you to live a new normal. You know, the... There's a story of where Jesus uh, encounters a woman caught in adultery. And uh, it's, it's all set up as a trap to trap Jesus. And um, Jesus manages to say something clever to make everybody go away. And it ends up being just Jesus and this woman caught in adultery. And Jesus says to her, look around you. Does anybody condemn you? Is anybody pointing the finger? Is anybody saying you are a bad person? Is anybody having a go at you? And the woman says, no. And Jesus says, then neither do I. I don't condemn you. And he says, now go and leave your life of sin. He says, go and find a new normal. You see, Jesus, when we come to him, broken, ashamed, upset, frustrated, in need of a fresh start, Jesus doesn't wag his tail. Wag his tail? Wag his finger. Jesus doesn't wag his finger. Jesus does not have a tail. I've lost the moment. When we come to Jesus, Jesus does not wag his finger at us. He doesn't clip us around the ear. He doesn't have a go at us. He embraces us. Embraces us with grace. Loves us because we are his children. And then he says, step into a new normal. Guys, would you stand? And with every eye closed... There's going to be two responses here. If you are someone who's never said yes to Jesus before and you want to make a decision tonight to enter a new normal, to enter a relationship with Jesus and know him as your friend, then Laura is going to be over there on my left, your right, by the camera stand. And Laura's got some um, stuff that she can give you. Um, she'd love to pray with you. In a moment, when we start singing, if you want to make that decision tonight, I'd love you to go over to that side of the room. But for the rest of us, if you know that you're in need of a new normal, if you know that, that you found yourself trapped in this cycle, making poor decisions, and you know that God's, God's calling you into a new normal tonight, 
then I want to invite you to take a step down to the front and the youth team would love to pray for you and you know we're not going to ask you any questions youth team you're not going to ask any questions you're just going to pray and guys we would love you to encounter the living God because when we encounter Jesus it requires us to live a new normal so let me pray and then we're going to start singing and you can make your way to where you need to respond God I thank you that you call us to a new normal God when we're when we're trapped in stuff when we're frustrated when we're trapped in a cycle like a dog returns to its vomit God I I thank you that you do not leave us on our own God that you never forsake us you never abandon us God, you are constantly calling us home. You are constantly inviting us to step into a new normal. God, I thank you that you do not condemn us, but you love us. And you embrace us with grace. And you show us a way to a new normal. So God, I pray right now, where you've been challenging us, where you've been speaking to us, where you've been um, touching our hearts, God, I pray that you would now give us the courage to take that step to take that step into a new normal to take that step into an encounter with you God I thank you that we are no longer slaves to fear but we are your children deeply loved by you Amen Guys as we start singing if you need to respond just make your way straight to the front